recorded live. Scuba Obsessed is the weekly podcast where we talk about all things scuba diving from cool new gear, places to dive, and scuba the news. Scuba Obsessed episode 67 was recorded live Thursday, May 19th, 2011. Welcome back to Scuba Obsessed. Glad everybody could join us tonight. I'm running a little late, so if you were in the chat room, I appreciate everybody who hung on for the last five, ten minutes. And then Skype threw me a loop by trying to do an update. Uh, this week, uh, backing me up, I've, we've got Rich Sinewick from Diver Sync. How you doing today, Rich? I'm doing good, Darren. <laughs> a little bit shaken because it's like, oh, you want to be on? Sure, okay. <laughs> What was that? The the quickest invite ever from. Yep. Uh, it's like being called up from the audience at a magic show. Hey, we need somebody <laughs> to try this trick that we don't know if it works or not. That's awesome. You you can dodge your swords, can't you? No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe underwater. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, as you may have noticed, Jim isn't with us again tonight, and I promise he is alive and well and coming back. I actually dove with him this last weekend, so we'll fill you in on that. Kind of an unusual dive. Didn't go quite the way we planned, but was a blast all the same. Had a good turnout, so we'll be talking about that. Um, uh, Claire will probably be on again next week. At least we're hoping or t- I'm trying to twist our arm to get her on more often. And then Mac is welcome anytime he wants to come on as well. So, And then we're, we're still looking for people who want to come on the show. I was planning on having a whole bunch of guests lined up for this week, but it's good I didn't because work has been crazy. I was in Chicago from Sunday night uh, through Wednesday on business at a conference uh, with some vendors and then came back, and now I'm entertaining them here. They're coming touring the, the plant where I happen to work, and it's a lot of time. So luckily there's a very nice restaurant just down the road from my house, and I live in the middle of nowhere, so to have a restaurant this nice is amazing. It's actually in a winery. So uh, I live within three miles, about seven wine, wineries. So in a natural disaster, I can still get wine. Okay, so uh, what we're going to head, we're going to do is, uh, as we always do, is jump right into the news. We have a, a full news week our full news lineup set up. Uh, unlo- unlike normal where I do these the day of the show, I've been doing these all week, so it'll be a little bit different, a different mix than what I normally get. But uh, the first one is uh, Blue Springs, Florida's million-dollar cave diving system. That's a, I didn't get to read the article because you just sent it to me. I'm prosing <laughs> through them. Yeah, I am not prepared for this one. Of course you're not. Normally, I, <laughs> normally I get to talk about stuff that I just feel like talking about. Instead, of, now I got to be it's a like script. educated. <laughs> yeah. Well, this one is Blue Springs, Florida's million dollar cave system, and we've talked about this a couple times in the in the past year of really what the value of diving is to the local tourism industry. And Jackson County, Florida, has tried to put a dollar amount out. They actually paid for a survey to decide how much that was worth. And the results of the study are back, and they're saying that it is worth approximately $575,000 a year. And you might say that's not quite a million dollars, but they're saying those are old numbers. So they're saying that uh, 
they're no longer looking at $575,000 in economic stimulus. It's actually more like a million. So what they did is they calculated the number of people who visited, how often they visited, how much they spent per visit. And they were saying that it was about $146 to $167 per person per trip. Wow. So they said that translated into $1,000 annually per person or the $575,000. But what they're saying is people are actually starting to spend a little bit more and do a little bit more trips. But the kind of this slant of this article, which you can pick up in our show notes, is that they've actually discovered new parts of the cave. So they're trying to determine how they get access. Uh, the new cave, uh, they have another entrance, but it's on private land. Uh, so only the hardy cave divers who are going to go the longer distances are actually able to get to this section of the, the cave system. So they're trying to determine what do they do? Can they, you know, do they bribe the, the private landowner to let people have access? Does the community get together and offer to buy them out? You know, do they improve the dive sites? So what can they do? And they're trying to determine, you know, will this wane off? You know, do people after a while say, hey, I've already dove here four or five times before. Uh, you know, I've seen it all. But if they expand the cave system, they believe that will draw people in and keep the word of mouth going. So it could be even more. Uh, the person who did the study was actually looking for another $15,000 for the study. But uh, since he couldn't get funding for it, he's he's putting it up uh, himself. Uh, he says that they have resources issues, just like everyone's been short these past few years. And uh, the person who does the study, Hearth, himself is a diver and frequents the Jackson County cave system. Cool. Yeah, they. Um, we had that discussion early on when we were trying to pass a millage to keep White Star a park. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things that the uh, director said is that all these divers wearing their dive t-shirts and going to the restaurant and telling people they're diving at the quarry is going to help the taxpayers make the decision to keep the quarry open. Cause it was like their funding was like an extra, I think it was like an extra $80 or something like that a year is what their portion of the fund was. And it, it's like, I, I blow that at the bar. Right. <laughs> so Exactly. Well, I mean, what, everybody, when you get done diving, you're hungry and you got to go eat. Uh, at very least, you you got to put gas, you know, gasoline in your car. You're coming in and out. You're talking about it. So, uh, and some of them, like when we've done quarry dives, we've actually, uh, just because of the distance, we stay. We tend to stay in hotels, so there's lodging in there. So that that number they had is actually, I thought, pretty conservative. And it probably, on average, is, uh, balances out. Well, if you look at their, they they said they had. 186 surveys out of 525 that were mailed in the month of April 2009. That's not a very big number. So, yeah, well, it's kind fig of, go ahead. You figure the, the 186 were the ones that don't have real jobs, so yeah. they didn't spend as much. <laughs> yeah, that could be. It's amazing what some of these survey people will do is that they, they don't need to seem to have a large number of returns to draw a conclusion i've seen some national surveys with little as five to ten people interviewed <laughs> yeah and then they they i think that's how the federal government what do you think we should do four yeah. people say we should do this well let's not listen to the 10 others <laughs> exactly those are the four we agreed with yep that's awesome so the uh, next one is a wildlife welcome photographer shoots models underwater and even the jellyfish are invited. Uh, this was, uh, I just had to show it because it was underwater. Do you get a chance to take a look at this one, Rich? Yes. 
Yeah. So this is more of the fashion shooting type of stuff where he's actually setting up props underwater. Uh, happens to be attractive looking woman, which makes it a little bit easier to, to look at the photos. But uh, he, he sets up scenes. So this is uh, uh, Mike Glissner. Uh, and, and they say he doesn't have to worry about smudge-eyed liners as shoots raise a whole different set of problems. They take place four meters underwater. He's a German photographer. Uh, he shows everything from submerged cycling to rock concerts. Have they inspired movie videos, um, music videos, and adverts around the globe where models line up to take part in them? Uh, fairly unique. Uh, one of the photos is uh, two girls in a boxing ring underwater, and you can see like the seagrass in the background. Uh, another one, they've got a girl riding a bike and a female police officer stopping him under stopping her underwater. And then the rock concert is the one that just looks absolutely bizarre, doesn't it? Yes. I mean, he's got. The, um, go ahead. Yeah, I kind of like the one where the cops wearing the handcuffs. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, not quite the official uniform, I'm guessing. No. So just so you have a visual picture, she's she's got a crop, uh, open midriff, uh, high cut shorts, and then she's got one half of the handcuff handcuffed around her wrist. So uh, unless she's going to it's almost like uh, she's a spy like you'd have to have a briefcase on the other end well i mean I, I like the whole idea of the fact that he's shooting underwater and that but i have this real question of why well that, i think that's the whole point of it is it's exactly why it's just something he wanted to do and it looks like it's become his niche and it's so unique the the photo on the bottom where it shows the rock band it's actually it's taken from behind him while he's setting him up for the shot so he's got everybody in position. They got one uh, one girl holding a guitar. Another one looks to be a singer. They got their hair. He he must like position the hair so it's floating up or something. Uh, see some bubbles. But they've all got the regulators in their mouth. But when he actually takes the picture, they're out. So that must take a little bit of practice, and uh, you must have to like some water. Wow! If you look at some of the uh, um, comments. Down uh-huh. below, one of the said, one of the purple said, there certainly are models whom, after several weeks of training, they're able to hold their breath for up to four minutes. In the few weeks of time that I was shooting there, original breath holding times were often doubled by the models. Given the track, correct techniques and distractions of modeling underwater, it was natural to completely forget about breathing and all the excitement. And, wow. Uh, yeah, they said it's called the article calls it oxygen, but it's actually air. <laughs> I was thinking about that. Four meters, that's not that bad. I mean, you can breathe oxygen. You could. Yeah, well, then then your comment, two two comments below. You do not breathe oxygen underwater. (laughs) Yeah. That's just, I mean, it's pretty bizarre. I mean, everybody's got to have a niche. I've seen a lot of breath-holding models doing stuff like this with the with the robes and the clothes and the whole weightless idea of it. And I really like that look. I just, these, I'm thinking he could have had, these are cool pictures, but he could have done a whole lot more with fabrics and things like that. But who knows? Everybody's got their niche. Yeah. And, and there's, there's others. So this next one is, uh, we have somebody who's attempting a 6,000 mile voyage raise fund for special operation warriors foundation. And in actually full disclosure, this is uh, a friend of mine is the PR person for him. Uh, she's a member of the Rotary down in Florida, and she happened to be talking to him. He's a fellow Rotary member, and uh, she was saying, "Oh, how, what are you doing to promote it? How are you getting anything?" He says, "I, I don't, I'm not, I don't have anything lined up." 
So she volunteered. So she put this website all together in a day. And uh, what he's trying to do is he's actually going to do 6,000 miles in this pontoon boat. And he actually shows, I mean, he's actually got the pontoon boat going to go from, mm-hmm. uh, leaves Fort Myers, Florida, and goes going to go up the East Coast. Wow. So looking for donations anywhere from one cent to five cent. It's tax free. Um, and uh, I think he's, it's going to go till September when I asked her. Wow, he's not going right up the East Coast. He's going up the East Coast, up to the St. Clair, St. Lawrence Seaway, down through, if you look at his map, yeah, he's going all the way around Michigan, so maybe down through Chicago and back down through. Let's see, what size? He's probably going the Chicago side, is he? Yeah, Let's I would see. think so. Yeah, it's hard to tell in that photo. I'll Hope have to ask. Done by the time he gets there. Yeah, <laughs> it could be like surfing down the Mississippi. Wow, that's pretty... Uh, courageous to take a pontoon boat out on the great lakes though yeah wow yeah so six thousand miles 26 foot pontoon boat it will be a world record when it's completed and the any donations are tax deductible wow so uh, all the checks can be sent to special operations warrior foundation p.o box 13483 tampa florida 33681-3483 um to learn more about the organization, you can visit their website at www.specialops.org, uh, who he's raising it for. And then uh, on our website, you can click over and you can get over to his uh, website where he's promoting it. So I, I might, I'm going to try and actually maybe figure out the way to have him on the show just to see how it's going. The next wow. one is a council supports removal of shark nets. I didn't know they were still using shark nets anywhere in this world. Well, it sounds like they had been doing it, but they were due to be replaced. This one is the Otago Daily Times, and this is New Zealand. And uh, the Dunbin's Beaches, uh, the the shark nets are likely to be removed after the city council voted overwhelmingly in favor of ending the long-running program. Uh, the vote was 9 to 3 in favor of moving them, and it will save approximately 38000 annual costs of placing the nets off St. Kilda, St. Clair, and Brighton beaches each summer. And it sounds like they weren't even complete nets, that they were just yeah. kind of like a section. Uh, well, it, it said like they're not, um, that they weren't effective, that they had five shark bite victims, five shark attack victims at, at, at the Dunedin. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, one of them wanted the nets reviewed, and he said, for all those reasons, I think they should go. They just have a placebo effect and shouldn't be giving people a false sense of security. Yeah. So what they're saying is stay out of the water if you don't want to be eaten. Essentially. Yeah. I'd be all about it. I see a fin, I'd jump in. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't taste that good, and I'm high in cholesterol, so leave me alone. <laughs> That's a good thought. They said that the decision to remove the nets will be confirmed in the 2011 annual plan when it's adopted. Uh, they're going to advise uh, public clubs and other groups about the change. Uh, they said, I think it's time has well passed it. We should be supporting them. Yeah, Mike in the chat room said three of those shark. He was reading ahead of it. He said three of those shark attack, or three of those five were fatal. Yeah. They should have learned how to scuba dive. They could swim faster. <laughs> Yeah, another reason for learning how to d- scuba dive. Scuba divers don't get eaten by sharks. Swimmers get eaten by sharks. Surfers get eaten by sharks. Scuba well, it's divers a, don't get eaten by well, sharks. To me, sharks aren't going after to eat you. 
they're eating you because you look like something else that they eat. So if you're flapping on the surface, you look like a seal, and they're going to take a snack. Yeah, so I don't think I'm, they're going to eat me. They're going to bite me once, and they're going to say, ooh, that tastes bad. Yeah, I, and I'm way uglier than a seal, so they're not going to mistake me for one. No, no. although I am pushing the whole walrus look lately. <laughs> okay, on to the next article. This one's out of the from the Royal Gazette, Bermuda's most trusted source for news and information, according to them. They said newly exposed artifacts to be recovered from the Mary Celeste. Uh, they have discovered the bow Confederate paddle steamer Mary Celeste emerges from the sands off the south shore. The conservation services will this summer work to ensure the artifacts are the, the to ah, summer work to rescue artifacts at the diving landmark. This summer, the Marine Heritage Section of the Department of Conservation Services will work to rescue the artifacts from the shipwreck of the blockade runner, the Mary Celeste. Recent storms have exposed more of the ship's bow, revealing the contents, while at the time placing the artifacts at risk. Uh, he said he I'd believed... be all, I'm all about treasure, though. Oh, that would that'd be absolutely amazing to, to see that. I'd, I'd love to dive on that right there, just that little bit. Oh, yeah. And it's surprising. They You wonder what amateur photographer they've gotten for it, because it's probably a really good, pretty picture. I don't know. Does it say how deep it is? Uh, in the article, I don't remember them saying, and that could be intentional. <laughs> yeah. They don't want anybody to figure out about the yeah. radius where yeah. it's going to be. Yeah, Darren Jilson found a treasure in the St. Joe's River right here <laughs> yeah, right. last week. Exactly. And there's and he says there's still a lot of more cheddar there to be found. Yeah. <laughs> Just go look for the gleaming gold along the bottom. Yeah. However, this area be uh, we initially speculated that if she sank bow first, the wine bottles in case may have tumbled there from general cargo are at the time of her sinking. However, the area, though seemingly relatively open day, would have in 1864 consisted of a series of small bulkheads. I think we can safely speculate that these items were hidden there quite on purpose, representing someone's private stash of contraband. Wow. Uh, it just makes me want to find a shipwreck. Even more. We're going to find one. I'm convinced this, this is the summer. Well, just call me when you do. I'd like to see it. Take pictures. We will certainly do that. Uh, this next one, and I can't even tell by the title what this is. I found this article so long ago. The Cosmic Blog. Scientists spot beauties in Bali. Is that the one you're talking about? Yep. Researchers say they have seen nine potentially new species in the water surrounding one of the most exotic locales, the island of Bali. A good news, bad news sort of report. Over the past three years, the program has documented 953 species of fish, 390, 397 species of coral in the reefs. So they're actually saying that uh, the coral is starting to come back. They're saying some of the coral that had been bleached was coming back, and as they were doing this year's study, they actually found uh, some new species. Uh, this year, the two-week study identified eight species of fish and one species of coral that may be new to science. The uh, Conservation International said these species include two types of cardinal fish, two types of dotty fish, a sand perch, a fang blenny, a garden eel, a goby fish, and a previously unknown type of bubble coral. I tell you, that would be the coolest thing in the whole world, to have something named at it. This, this, 
that here here you find that the Fischectalus rich. Yeah. <laughs> named a, yeah, we're going to call this one the Fang Blenny Darren. Exactly. Yeah. It's like you, you discover something, you get it named after you. Yeah. Uh, the, that was a common thing in the 1800s when they find all that stuff. This is a this is a log of all this stuff. They've got like a whole list of things that they just found. Just absolutely amazing. But uh, they said that they're kind of concerned that uh, uh, they said the team recommended the Bali government come up with a priority list for areas that need immediate protection. Experts also saw a need for better spatial planning to reduce the clash between fishing and marine tourism. A stronger commitment to enforcement and public funding for protected areas, stricter me- measures to manage pollution for plastic, sewage, and agricultural runoff. So what they're saying is that some of the fishing is moving closer and closer and that they really have an incomplete plan for how to protect this system. So, well, they say it is coming back. That's going to be attractive for some to exploit it. Well, down in the bottom of that article mm-hmm. where it has uh, more beauties from this new search for new species, if you look at the uh, aliens lurk in Antarctic depths, pictures are bizarre. Okay, now i got to look at this one. I mean, some of the stuff they're finding, it's all deep. It's like 2,500 feet deep, but the pictures, they've got a sponge in there that they say is made out of glass. Antarctic glass sponge bristles with needles that are made out of microscopic layers of glass and organic glue. Wow. And those are things you don't find every day. The, those are amazing. Yeah, the, the deep sea stuff, I mean, it, it's, it's fascinating. It's also creepy at the same time, which just makes it all that more interesting to me. Yeah, yeah I mean, they look like, wow, there's, uh, wow. That's all I can say. Well, well kind of I mean, like when I was in D.C., you saw that photo I took of the uh, the giant squid. Yep. And you just look at that, and you see that beak. And while yeah. he might not be able to eat me, yeah. it, he, doesn't, it, it doesn't matter. I'm not making it. <laughs> he will seriously mess you up. Yeah. you got to take a big chunk, about half the size of my head. Well, well, it's it's amazing that, that the numbers that come out of the ocean, when you start thinking about like creatures like this and that, it's – I mean – one of the best numbers that I like, um, and I don't have my percentages in front of me anymore, so these are probably way off, but it was something like 98.7% of the planet, of, of the of the world's biosphere, has not been explored. Yes. And at the same time, somewhere around 99% of the world's oceans, aver- well, I take that back, it was, yeah, it's 98% of the world's oceans are colder than 38 degrees world bodies of water are colder than 38 degrees yeah so you figure that if you're a warm water diver you're only diving with two percent of what's available to you exactly well here's another example there are some objects that we have dove on in lake michigan that when we dove on it we were the first person ever to see that bottom yeah that's nobody else has ever been there i mean when that wreck or that object went down and it went in the bottom and it's undiscovered and we go and see it we're the first and that's that's something that happened. I got invited to dive, and I said this. I think I said this in my last week's podcast, but um, I got invited to dive a uh, uh, a wreck called the King up in um, the thumb of Lake Huron, like up in the thumb of Michigan's Lake Huron. And it was it's a, a beautiful shipwreck. It sits in 214 feet of water, and it was a canal schooner. Or, and I was number eight, and the guys were were the guys that discovered it were were just said, hey, do you want to be one of the top people, the top 10 people to go on it? And they invited me to go. They were all friends of mine, and they'd been keeping it a secret from me all, all year. Oh. Like, you know how we've been telling you we've been diving this wreck? And like, yeah, well, we found another wreck, and I hope you're not mad at us. I was like, I'm not mad at you. Let me dive it. And so <laughs> I've got the print behind me. There's an artist that made a print of it, and they made sure I got number eight for the print. 
But the day I dove it, um, when I was the eighth diver on it, we had an evening where we went over to a graduation party for a young lady who wanted to be a, a space scientist or something like that. She'd always been into it. I don't know what she was going into to school for. But she knew right off the top of her head, we were saying, um, how many people have been to the moon? And she said 16 people had been to the moon. So when you, Darren, or you and um, Mac and uh, Jim are the first three people, more people had been to the moon than had been to the spot that you were on. Uh, that's just absolutely amazing. I mean, and, where else can you do that? I mean, you, you think about other parts of the country. When you're on a highway, just any old highway, U.S. highway, there's been millions of people sitting in the same spot you have when you're in a car. Right. Easily. So you go from that extreme or national landmarks where millions are there. And then when we're diving, we're seeing, even on a well-known wreck, we're just of a handful of people who get to see that. Yeah, that's that's like when they found the Hunley. They figured they were finding it and they were, they were there. The, the guys that said they found it, when Clive Cussler had been there the year before and they opened up the, the, the hatch and there's a note from Clive Cussler that says, I was here first. Oh, I have to look that article up. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> it was in it was in Sea Hunters, our Clive Cussler's book, Sea Hunters, and yeah. they figured they had gotten it. They weren't going to uncover it. But they knew that somebody had been on top of them, like uh-huh. they had been following in their footsteps. So the discovery was going to come out. So he took a page from a logbook or a slate or something like that and wrote, "I was here first and signed it, Clive Cussler," and stuffed it in through one of the hatches. <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't know if it's true or not, but it sounds like a great thing to do. Oh, absolutely. Oh, that gives me so many good ideas. Yep. <laughs> and on this last article, uh, 1906 ferry wreckage likely discovered off Seattle's Alki Point, and divers believe they have found the steamer Dix, which f- for more than 100 years was at rest at the bottom of Puget Sound off Alki Point. The Mosquito Fleet ferry collided with an Alaskan freighter and sank 500 feet of water in November 1906, killing as many as 45 people. Uh, most likely their bodies are still in there, according to the report from the Seattle Daily Times. There are no plans to bring up the records or to explore the interior. Finding is enough for the, liar, the diver, Laura James, who's been searching for two decades. She's actually on... Uh, one of my Facebook friends, so we had to give her some yeah, congrats. Yeah, she's a good. She yeah, that she's a. I, I got. I've had an opportunity to meet her in the past. She's an awesome person. She um. I don't know if you ever have you ever heard of the she pee. Yes. The, yeah, that's her girls, product. That's her product. And yeah. So way to so, go, Laura. Yeah, I don't feel guilty for you know women in dry suits anymore. So the, oh. you have an option. She is. She is absolutely scuba obsessed. Yeah, you should get her on the boat on the on the, uh, the yeah. show. She is she is absolutely scuba obsessed because uh, I know that from her Facebook profiles and her Facebook pages, she dives at least two, two to three times a week. Yeah, well, I think also she owns a dive store, doesn't she? Uh, maybe I don't know. I I think I read that somewhere. Maybe it was even in this article where they said that she owned a dive store. <laughs> and then one of her lines, it almost became an obsession. She's been searching for this nice. wreck for a while, twenty years, I think is what i read and she's she's not that old she, and there's no way it's been 20 years that's got to be like other measurement of time she's much too young she learned to dive in 1990 opened a dive shop geared towards diving shipwrecks in 93 using a fish finding device and her other theories based on wind and current she discovered what she believed the dicks but she said she couldn't get any more traction for a search because most experts believe the wreckage was in deeper water 
surgical technician. So she's a surgical te- technician by trade. Wow. Spent much of her free time recording anything she could about the wreck, and it was never far from her mind. Six months ago, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA, took photographs at the bottom of Puget Sound looking for anything that might hinder navigation. James took those images, which showed the Dix wasn't there. Most experts, uh, excuse me, which showed the Dix wasn't where most experts thought it was. To uh, Northwest wreck diver Scott Boyd, who then did a sonar scan from above where James thought the Dix was. So uh, pretty much they were able to eliminate where it wasn't and uh, gave them a, a, a better educated search area. So, yeah, we'll, we'll have to have her on the show. Have to well, call yeah, in another article, the guy, uh, one of the guys that found it with her. Well, I think we're cutting it out. I, I can hear you. There you go. Yeah, the uh, but the uh, another article, the guy said that he posted where it was, but it's a little bit off because he doesn't want anybody to try diving it. It's in 500 feet of water. Yeah, she's a tech diver. She's uh, I've seen her loaded up with tanks where it looks almost like a peacock feather. She's got so many tanks on. Yep. So uh, yeah. yeah, she's an experienced Big tech diver. diver. Yeah, yeah, she is. So yeah, I don't know that I would want to dive 500 feet to see a wreck, but hey. Yeah. Well, they, and they're not showing much of the photo, so I'm hopefully uh, we'll be able to get some some details. She show, and they have the photo in the article shows the uh, uh, prop, and this looks it's like pretty, it's pretty cool. The the story of reading the uh, I've been following it for a couple of days now on Facebook, but reading the story about how they decided that they would go back and actually make sure that they found it. They basically plotted the course of one of the ships. And then plotted the expected course of the other ship, and then where they crossed, that's where they looked for it. Wow! So like they figured they collided with each other. So if this was the expected path of one, and this was the expected path of the other, and essentially he did he ran the entire thing by navigating as if it was in 1906. So you could see all the points and all that kind of stuff. So it was pretty neat. They they did the the, the she had a partner in this. I know it was her thing, but she had a friend. I think it was uh, Boyd. Is that what they're saying is? his name i don't remember but it's pretty cool i love finding stuff i love hearing about people finding stuff and then the stories that go with it Uh, i I honestly believe that we're in a golden age of wreck discovery just with all the technology that's come down you look at like our our dive club with these bottom scan sonars uh we've rediscovered some known wrecks just this year they've got one that mac was uh diving on uh they they the they were able to get the resolution of the the sonar to where it can actually profile it and shows a a perfect picture of it, but the muck is so thick it it actually penetrated the muck to pick up the wreck. Wow. So hopefully, well that will that'll be one. I don't know, man. I tell you what about one of those getting one of those things like uh, I've heard about uh, magnetometers and that getting a pretty good image on a side scan through the muck. I mean, you know how disappointing it would be is is. You sit there and you we're we're all out and we've been towing a fish for four or five days looking for this treasure wreck and we see a perfect silhouette of the schooner on the bottom with our side scan and you're going look look at this it's there it's there and well how deep does it say it is well it says it's in about 70 feet of water we can dive that right and okay let's go throw the anchor and we can't hook it so we just throw an anchor and go and what the heck and then we roll off the the, the can't hook it would be the the part that would really suck because you'd sit there and you go okay this is a bad feeling and then we roll off the boat right over the top of where this wreck is, and we hit the bottom in 30 feet of water. Oh. And it's all muck. <laughs> but the side scan says it's in 70 feet of water. So yeah. we got a choice. We're going to find a ship, but we're going to have to find it through 30 feet of muck. 
Yeah, they uh, said they found one of the Great Lakes treasure wrecks that way. The, uh, the Keystone State, someone says he knows exactly where it is, but it's in 40 feet of water and 40 feet of sand. Yeah, I believe it. Uh, depending on where it is, we've put in a lot of these piers, and these piers build up sand. I, I'm pretty sure I know where three wrecks are, uh, and you could probably, I mean, they're probably, you know, they're probably rotted wood by now, but they're, uh, the they put in the pier. I mean, that's the reason they put the the pier in because people couldn't navigate up the these sandy bottomed drifting channels, so they had to have some sort of navigation barrier put in to help people to help save some lives. So, but the wrecks that were there before those went in, once the piers went in, the beaches built right on over them. Wow. Well, that does it for the news. Uh, so, an, an interesting mix of, of articles this week. So, this is a part of the show where we'll go ahead and talk about diving. And I almost hate to ask you, Rich, because I'm sure you, you had some more awesome dives than I did. So, what have you been up to? Um, actually, it, it's it's been a quiet week. I only got three in. Oh, jeez. <laughs> killing me. And actually, I got four in. I take that back. No, it's been, uh, I got, I, I talked about it on my show in 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 big, uh, for pretty much took up the whole show. But last week I taught a, a Tech 40 class at the quarry. And so that's two hours in the water there. And then uh, I got an open water dive class um, that I did on Tuesday. And then I dove in the pool last night. And uh, I'm going to be diving Saturday with an open water and a tech class. And I've got to raise more platforms at the quarry. <laughs> but next week I get to dive the shipwrecks of the East Coast. Ah, nice. So, yeah. Um, yeah, one of our mutual listeners, Dave, is going with me and uh, a couple other people. And it's just uh, I- I'm totally stoked to be able. It's one of my favorite places to go. And so... Uh, you can tune in. I'm gonna throw a plug out there if you don't mind. You can tune nope. in to diversync.com, find out my my podcast, and uh, I'll be hopefully talking all about that instead of all about the time in the bar while we looked at the bad weather because this oh. weather has been for crap. Oh, you're not kidding. Uh, oh, I tell it, you, my prediction. I said it on your show first, but my prediction of uh, of only four days of summer. I'll tell you. It's coming true. We're, we're on track for that. Yeah, if you get a good if you get a good sunny day where you are, no matter where you are, you get out and go diving. You say, "Screw this! I'm not. I'm gonna let the, I'm gonna let my lawn go to Jumanji. I mean, it's gonna yeah. be huge jungle back there. When I can hear the drums, where all the the the, the tribes getting restless, and I'll, I'll go out and cut it. But after that, I'm, I'm not You're gonna, gonna go. bother. I'm just gonna go diving. And that's that's great advice. Uh, now, now I was listening to your show, and you just got back uh, not too long ago from Bonaire. Yes. Uh, and that was amazing. That was a cool live recording that you had down there right on the dock, wasn't it? Yeah, it was right up. Basically, it was an old restaurant that was upstairs, and uh, we we sat down. There were no lights, so I'm doing it all in the dark. We sat down, and uh, the... Uh, I was so just enthralled with the place. I actually forgot to hit record, so the first 15 minutes of the show didn't didn't print. But I heard it but live. Everybody in, the, in the chat room, yeah, everybody in the chat room heard it live, and it was it was one of those things where I was really afraid that their internet wouldn't work. Um, I got everything to work here, and I wasn't really looking for the quality. I mean, the, the the deep sultry voices that we get with the microphones that we have here in the studio that's that's something. But down there, it's uh, uh, the the flip side of it is is that you go to 
I tried to lighten it up. I went to what's called what was it? It's a USB microphone. Mm-hmm. I actually got it with um, uh, my copy of um, for the Rosetta Stone. Uh huh. And I just plugged it in because I didn't want to take. I mean, I was planning on taking like two computers and and a bunch of stuff, to make it work. And I'm thinking, you know, there's got to be an easier way to do this. So I sat down and played with TalkShoe and played with the whole thing, and I got it to work. Played with Skype. And the first thing I did when I got down there was I sat down in the um, in the the uh, internet cafe. Well, it's their their internet cafe is a bar. It rocks. But <laughs> sat down in the bar and I sat down and I wanted to make sure it worked. So I called and made sure it worked. So I called Skype and Skype worked great, um, great connection. And I was like, okay, well this will be cool. I'll get to to broadcast live. And I I'm gonna do that from more often. I may not broadcast live more often, but I'm certainly going to bring. Like when we go to the East Coast, um, I'm going to bring the microphone, sit down and have chats with people while I'm there. That seems to work out pretty good. I am. But Bonaire, I'll tell you what, Darren, you absolutely would get an unbelievable – like you you talked about how you hadn't done that. You would get totally spoiled. I mean the deep shipwreck dive that I did, the thermocline went from 80 degrees to 74 degrees. And (laughs) it's like you're sitting there in in a 5-millimeter hood, no hood, no gloves – heck you you're almost in no suit and you're diving with people that are diving shorts and a t-shirt oh. <laughs> it's like wow wow absolutely amazing no it, it's definitely on the list uh yeah now that now the risk is uh jim jim doesn't really want to leave home it's like he, he he he's so obsessed with his project that he's working on now trying to break him out of that we did get a dive in this last week we were planning on going on Lake Michigan. We we're going to hit the Verano, which I've never dove on before. Uh, kind kind of a broken up wreck, and then the Rockaway, which I've dove on. We're going to get two dives in, out on Lake Michigan. And like you're saying, the weather has not been playing in our favor at all. Uh, you know, four to six feet in building, out on the lake. The wind was blowing, overcast, rainy. So, but we didn't give up. We followed to a backup location. We did Diamond Lake, and I hadn't done a, a dive this late in the season there. We, it's usually an early season dive that we do. So went out to Diamond Lake, a fairly shallow lake. It's an interesting lake. If you look up the history of Diamond Lake, it was known for being a tourist mecca uh, for people from Chicago. And there's even some historic car photos that were used in brochures because they had this chain ferry, mm-hmm. and they would put the cars on the chain ferry and you had the water in the background and the fancy resort houses and uh but uh so they had the chain ferry but before they had a chain ferry they actually had a steamship that went on a little small 30-foot vessel called the south bend and that caught fire and sank and that's what we dove on so it was myself jim josh uh bob and kirk went out there and we we dove on that so it was nice to get in um, kind of, uh, even though we had done a few dives of the year, we're, we're still kind of getting all the gear lined up. Uh, Jim was convinced that he left his, his fins at home. You know, it's one of those things where you're, you're getting there and you're loading up the boat and you're asking for stuff. And as he goes to his, you know, his son, he goes, you know, you know, I grabbed this. Did you grab that? And he goes, uh, no, I got mine. And, uh, but luckily, uh, he, Jim actually did, <laughs> did grab them and didn't realize it. So we had them. So we're debating, you know, okay, well, we'll send two down and we'll come up and then we'll swap out fins and, uh, but, uh, nice. A uh, Viz was about nine feet. 
water was in the mid 50s, which for us is really warm. It's just this is a shallow lake. I'd say half of it is uh, 10 feet or less in depth, so it warms up pretty quickly, and it's clear for a, a lake in this part of the state. So um, nice to get on. Uh, went down. Oh, yeah, so, we've, been getting, we've been getting really warm. Yeah. Yeah, we had that warm spell the week before, and we were getting we, all we excited. Really warm. Yeah, we were, we've been having, I mean, I can't believe how warm it's been. I mean, but people aren't getting out and diving because of the rain, but it was, I mean, it was last weekend when we were diving the, the Tech 40. It was like, everybody's like, well, I'm not going to stand up here for very long. Let's get back in the water and where it's warm. And it was literally, you got back in the water and dry suit and all that, but it was, it was so much warmer that you could stay there forever where you got out of the water and you were like, oh my God, this is just freezing. So it's um, summer's coming though. I mean, even if you don't get your four perfect days, you're going to get a whole lot of springtime days. And I think that, I mean, getting out there and getting diving, and it, I mean, I, I, I've been pushing on my show to get out once a month, no matter what. If you have to dive in a pool, um, Mike in the chat room, he says, I'm, if I have to dig a hole in my backyard and fill it with water, I'm going to dive once a month. And uh, that's a little extreme, in my opinion, but hey. If you're scuba obsessed, you have to do what you have to do. Exactly. No, and, that, and that's our mantra is everybody's got to get out there at least once a month and get a dive in. And uh, both Jim and I are on that track. There's one, yeah, it's, it's when you start doing the three weeks of no dive, you get nervous that another one's not going to happen. Now, what was right. d- different about this last dive, we had we actually had two boats that went out, uh, Bob's Rigid Hull Inflatable and Jim's, uh, I call it Ski Boat. Uh, which we've converted into a dive boat and it works rather well. Uh, we actually did some water skiing. <laughs> so, really? Yeah. So <laughs> we got done. We had skis in the boat and we went out and skied. Uh, uh, Josh took him a few tries. He got up. Uh, Jim got up in the first try, showed everybody up, and I got out there and I just uh, couldn't get up. You know, I've I've water skied before, but after about two or three times, I was too tired to continue. But I'm determined. I'm going to get up now. Now, now it's a challenge. I'm gonna yeah. have to, I'm gonna have to water ski. I really didn't care about it. We were gonna tube, but we we had a hard, we couldn't find the inflator, so we went back up to to water skiing. But that was kind of that was fun. You yeah, to, and you, and and you used up all your compressed air. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. No, we 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 were we were just skiing in the wetsuits. <laughs> yeah, we thought about that. We thought about uh, uh, we needed to have the adapter on the inflators to to fill up those. Because I probably had, uh, you know, I came up with about a thousand pounds in my tank. Uh, it, it's one of those wrecks. It doesn't take a whole long amount to see, and there's really no, you know, occasional fish will come by. So it's not the most uh, riveting of of wreck, but it's a good dive. Is so it this, pretty picked over? Are you grubbing it, or what are you doing there? No, we're not. We're not grubbing it. Actually, what the the story behind the wreck is, it was found by uh, uh, a couple out of Niles. And it, what happened is when it went down, the boiler hit the water, exploded, and went into a bunch of pieces. So uh, what they did is they refloated parts of it, and they brought it back. So they've got all the wreck within a small area now. So it's been pretty well picked over. In fact, usually anything we find in that area, we just dump on the wreck. So uh, there's a... Uh, a rod and reel that we laugh every time when we're diving on the wreck that's that's sitting there so it kind of moves around the wreck so it must be every diver that dives on it picks it up and drops it another part of the wreck but that's there and there's also what we call a communication booth 
uh, a welded stand with probably a 100-gallon fish tank upside down, but it's got a leak in it. Is this the lake you lost your camera? No, no. The lake I lost my camera was Lake 16. Uh, Oh, okay. This one's Diamond Lake. Now, this is the lake I I first tried that camera in. Okay. And uh, when I went down, uh, I didn't try it until I got to the bottom, and I couldn't get the button to work. So, but once I came up to about half depth, which was 15 feet or so, uh, it it started working. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a 30, 40 foot max depth there, and the bottom's really mucky. So, we didn't have any wind when we went down. Uh, but sometimes you, if you got wind, that will drag that anchor. Wow. Uh, but yeah, a, a fun dive. Now uh, this week looks like it's going to be a bye week. Uh, Bob's got. Uh, duty. He works at uh, one of our nation's power plants, so when he's on call, he can't go and diving. And Jim had something planned, and I, my daughter's got birthday parties, so it won't be this week. But next week, we're talking about going up and doing the Ironsides. That's cool. So that's that's a nice one. That one's in about 120 feet of water. So we'll get down there and, and dive that. And that's a warm-up for Ann Arbor 5 and the Crane and Barge, maybe the following week. That would be cool. So, that's that's another cool one. Um, yeah, there's a there's a lot of stuff that I want to get out and do out in your area sometime this summer. I want to get out and do that Ann Arbor Five. Yeah. Well, any anytime you're in the area, let us know and we'll we'll make well, sure. Well, it's we'll... gonna it's not gonna be a anytime I'm in the area. It's gonna be a let's do me a favor and let's pick a weekend. Yeah. And yeah. I'll we'll... send you some weekends that I can do and maybe yeah. we can pick something and just pray that the weather gods work. Yeah. We'll, we'll get it lined up, and then we'll come up with some backup plans. So we'll be able to get you in the water somewhere, somehow. Yeah. Uh, I might be scared, though. <laughs> I, I think you can handle it. If you can put up with those safety divers, then uh, you know, we should be no problem. Hey, actually, I watch out more for us than, than for the water. No. It's uh, have you been to Lake 16 before? I have not, no. Yes, yeah, that's another good one. And, and what's nice about that one is uh, it's deep enough where – uh, yeah, it's a good nitrox dive, uh-huh. so you get that in, and then there's some. It you can do some swimming, and there's a lot to dive on. So, unfortunately, probably about the time you would be in the area, it's probably going to be a low, low-ish, low-er viz. Uh, if you get out deep and out away, you know, about 60, 80 feet of water, it's not too bad. But we'll see what we'll see what we can do. And we got October. I'm excited about that. Oh yeah, that so am I. So we yeah. you know. I got to get the plans for that. I'm trying to, we're, Jim and I were just talking the other day of, you know, timing and everything because he's trying to cut it short so he doesn't have to, you know, so it's like, okay, what's the last minute? You know, we'll get everything all loaded up, you know, have him park his truck and we'll drive as quick as we can. So <laughs> we've, we've even talked about tag teaming, you know, driving overnight or something. So yeah, we, I, um, you can do it with two people, you can do it in 14 hours. Um, without much of a hassle. Now, the Charleston Airport has an airport, so if he wants to, I mean, if you tag with somebody else and he flies in so that he can get an extra day in his truck, that mm-hmm. might be something that you'd, you'd want to think about it now that he's, um, if he wants to get that extra time. But that's, uh, I mean, I, I get a lot of people, I got a, guy, got a guy when we're going to Moorhead City this weekend, he's an engineer and he can't leave until um, Friday. He's only got one day off. So we're all leaving Thursday afternoon thursday evening get down there friday morning and he's gonna fly in and be there friday night uh-huh. friday afternoon in time for dinner but yeah but that's that's there 
Yeah, we I've I've thought about that too. We'll just we'll just have to see, but we're definitely gonna make it. That's that's one of those, there's no doubt. I'm oh, going yeah. I'm I'm going. If he chickens out, that's his tough luck. But oh. I'm going. Well, better chicken out soon. <laughs> fill his spots. You know the best part about someone doing that though, and if Jim if you I don't know if Jim actually listens to the podcast afterwards, but if he's listening to this, I'll tell you not that I wouldn't want you to go along with us, but if you do chicken out then we usually find something very cool. Yeah. So is that kind of like a good luck thing? Yeah, so it is. chickens out. So that way we can go and, and mock him and, and rub it in his face that he didn't find it. Not that we would do that. Of course we would, but. Yeah. I just can't wait to, to go back. Um, Captain Tom's called me. Uh, like I, I had an, a good opportunity. Um, do you remember uh, Bob Shoemaker from Talking Scuba? Yeah. He calls me up at the shop on um, a Wednesday and he goes, the charter boat I set up for this weekend is, has screwed me. Can you help me out? And I'm like, where are you going? And he goes, Cooper river. And I know you just got back. And I said, hold on. And I got him the number. I said, here, call this. And uh, he called and he got on captain Tom's boat that weekend. Wow. So yeah, he, uh, he was lucky. And another buddy of mine, captain Tom, he, he didn't even tell me he was going down there. He gotten all the information. He says, I'm thinking about it. And, he didn't even tell me, and he was going. I said, "Let me go with you," and he didn't tell me, so I kind of I have to beat him up for that. But yeah, um, Captain Tom goes, "Hey, you know this guy?" And I was like, "Yeah." And he goes, "He just rolled off the boat. Thanks for the other." And, and it was funny because somebody on every one of Captain Tom's charters this year so far has been there because of me in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> so told him I need to get a commission. He says, "No, you got my love. <laughs> I'm your buddy. You're my pal. Thanks." <laughs> And come back anytime. We miss you. In a Boomhauer voice. <laughs> yep. In a Boomhauer voice. Yeah. So that's great. So, that's, so are you? Yeah. Are you diving? Are you going to be? So you're not diving this weekend, but I am. No, I'm not going to be diving. I mean, I've got all my gear. What What's going on is my daughter's got a birthday party, so she's got to go. And then. How old is she? She is. Uh, God, this is embarrassing. Uh, 12 okay yeah. yeah so i guess the i guess the two-day all-night drinking binge is going to be for a 12 year old birthday party huh? exactly yeah exactly well you know my i have a birthday party this weekend too my twins are having uh six eight kids each over wow but it's sunday so i'm diving saturday yeah Do you get the hint yeah yeah, the the, well, the, tri- the party's Sunday, you dive Saturday. The party's Saturday, you dive Sunday. Well, what's going on is it's not my daughter's party. It's a friend of hers. So we've got to drive there Saturday, and then they're staying overnight in a hotel and coming back. So while she's doing that, then my son is going, you know, is the it's like all the women are going and partying out, and all the men have to stay back. Well, I'm the only diver. So we're, they we've picked to do fishing. So I might smuggle the scuba gear with me and convince them that I can help them better in the fishing. Maybe I can scare them uh, to the boat or something. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, uh, yeah. okay. <laughs> you, need, you need to surround yourself with people who dive. That's what I'm trying to do. That's, uh, that's my, my next stage is convert people to divers or uh, you know anybody who's not a diver is not my friend anymore. Well, one of my one of my wife's best friends, um, my wife calls me up and says, uh, I just got off the phone with such and such for uh, 
we've been talking for an hour and her son is i think he's like 11 10 or 11 12 something like that and he's really into soccer and really into fish tanks and all that and he says uh her son son just told him told her that if he could learn how to scuba dive he'll quit at soccer so it doesn't cost him as much and oh, i'm wow. like sweet and then uh then he pipe then he also said and i've got three fish tanks to trade <laughs> <laughs> No, well, he's got these. I mean, he's got these spectacular, big fifty-five, sixty-gallon fish tanks with great fish in them and all that kind of stuff. And and I'm like, you know, I, I'll I'll play that game. That would be fun. But it's like friend of the family. I can't wait to get somebody because once you get one person in a family hooked on scuba gear, then scuba diving, then it's just you get a whole family hooked, and that's awesome. We've had uh, we've had a couple people in class lately where like I had one young man who his uh, sister was into rock climbing. And decided that that was going to be her hobby, so her dad learned how to rock climb. Well, little brother needed to pick a hobby, and mom wasn't going to rock climb, so little brother says, I'm going to learn how to scuba dive, so they're doing that together. And then had a couple who uh, live in the dream, bought their own company, they've been running it for about 10 years now, and they decided that they needed to find something to do together, and they found scuba diving to do together. So they're hardcore into it. They've been out, been to Hawaii. I mean, they got certified three weeks ago, and they've already been on, like, 30 dives. So... That's the way it should be. Once you get into it, I mean, if you get into it hardcore, you're going to be into it for life. Exactly. Well, my kids, for the, the other things we had talked about, which was kind of the the limited access all of a sudden to scuba training in the area, I've got to get my both my kids into Discover Scuba class yet this year. So that's something that's going to definitely happen this summer. Do you have a buddy with a pool? Oh, uh, I, I, ha- I know enough people with a pool I could get something set up. Well, when I come out for the weekend, maybe we do that in the evening. Certainly. Yeah, I can. I happen, I happen to be a pretty decent instructor. When you you, you happen to know scuba. somebody who instructs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, you know, that, that, that's, uh, that's, a, that's an excellent idea. So, yeah, we'll, we'll have to do that. Because I think we could scrounge up enough gear between the four of us. I mean, Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not worried about finding gear. I mean, you know, it's like I was talking about one of my last shows uh, on on New Year's Eve. That yeah, New Year's Eve they did they the Mud Club does their New Year's Eve dive where they go out. They mm-hmm. had somebody at the party say, "Hey, I'll go out," and they were able to put together a full set of gear without even trying, just with all the backups and spares of everybody uh, there. Wow! So that, that's one of the nice things about having a a dive club. You know, going with a with a good dive club is there's always somebody with something to help you out well yeah, go ahead yeah that's true if once you get a bunch of divers together it's always about let's get some people diving oh yeah we just we just keep we get each other diving so you know nobody nobody has an excuse for not going uh, oh well one last thing that we need to do is uh read some of the itunes reviews so if you like the show go ahead on over to itunes uh, we love the the five star reviews. Do that, and while you're in there, you can also subscribe to Rich's podcast over there and on iTunes. I noticed that that's up there as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't figure out how to read the metrics on it yet, but uh, iTunes you know, there there are none. Yeah. Oh, there are none. <laughs> no, oh, there there's yeah. The, the, there's no there's no metrics. They got the little bar, and you know I, I you know because you record on TalkShoe as well. And you can see all the metrics we have there. You have absolutely nothing on iTunes. You have that little bar. So it's hard to tell when is a good episode and when is a bad episode. You just you just can't even tell. 
Wow. While we were talking and chatting and, and ignoring our chat room, it filled up. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for uh, for those coming up. We have uh, Shipwreck Mike, who's been here the whole time, the hardcore. And then we have Philip and Mark have uh, come on in. Uh, Mark I, was... I, I... I can't believe Philip hasn't changed his his uh, avatar to Dive Master Philip. Dive Master, well, congrats, Philip. Yeah, he for... became a Dive Master just recently. That's excellent. So, yeah. And he was running late due to a sports banquet, so you know we we can help him. See, yeah, that's actually good because you missed all my my fun running late. Yep, you didn't miss much. <sighs> no, you missed all the the technical problems. So uh, let's see. This last one was. Oh, what the heck? Did it disappear? What What was that? I'm going to have to... Most recent. Not that I'm in uh, iTunes. I, there was one. Well. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Now I found it. Uh, this one is uh, a great show. Five stars from Sort Saul. I live in Hawaii. I can't imagine diving in the Midwest. I grew up in Chicago. Listening to the show gives me hope that there is diving after Hawaii. I'm ashamed that I didn't dive while living in South Carolina, D.C., or Germany while in the military. Uh, this show covers diving in cold water, but also includes great warm weather dives, too. There's something for everyone. 45 minutes in stop-and-go traffic goes by fast with this podcast. So thank you, Sortsall, for that five-star review. We love to have those. And we also love to have you in the chat room. So uh, you can go ahead and uh, follow us on uh, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash scuba obsessed. Hit the scuba obsessed website. We also have some swag over there. If you click on that, that's actually been selling. We've had people buying. When you get the stuff, let me know. I'm really curious as to how good it is. I haven't actually had a moment to even go and buy any, which I need to do. Uh, and then uh, uh, anything about your show you want to talk about, Rich? No, I just uh, come listen to me on next Tuesday at 8.30 at um you can you can listen to it on talk show if you're you're following along in the chat room we have we're, we're, we have a great time in the chat room my chat room beats me up it's uh they spend the if i pay attention to it they're gonna mess me up it's it's <laughs> just the way they are and they they do try that really really cool but um next week we're gonna talk about the upcoming dives in moorhead city talk about my weekend got uh got a couple things planned for the summer which we talk about um yeah, lots of lots of trips, lots of planning. I'm gonna be diving a lot this summer. Whether the weather, even though that summer is only gonna be four days long, it's gonna be a long four days. I gotta so, get every minute out of it we can. Yep, gotta go diving. As uh, Mark in our chat room is going diving near Sacramento, California. He just said he was out packing. That's why he's running late. Well, that's almost See, excusable. Yeah, I, I miss the days. I can't do it anymore. I miss the days that um, I just if the garage was empty, I had everything. <laughs> I didn't have those days for long because it didn't. I, I learned if I wanted to have any sort of sanity, I had to learn I had to leave some dive stuff at home. Yeah. When I got into technical diving, that was when that ended. But it used to be grabbed everything, and then I then I switched to to, to checklists, and that was awesome because I'd, I'd fill the bag up after it dried, I'd put it all together, and I'd zip tie it shut so I couldn't take anything out of it I might miss. Mm-hmm. And so, because when I was working in the jewelry, I'd go weeks without diving. It would be horrible, and I figure if leaving it in the dive bag will keep it from turning to dust. So the uh, um, I'd go dive and just grab every bag, and I'd know I'd have everything. Sometimes I'd have to stop on the way down there and open them up to make sure I had everything because I didn't quite trust myself because <laughs> it'd been two or three weeks. 
but it was it's cool just make sure if you guys are divers out there make sure that you get to go diving this weekend if you get to go diving go to your dive shop go to your local dive center get your tanks filled and make sure you're ready for the next dive because it's coming it's going to be a tuesday afternoon and you're going to be sitting in work in your cubicle and it's going to be wow you know this is really pretty out i should go diving i don't feel well i think i'm sick (laughs) (laughs) i got a bad case of my gills are all dried out yeah i'm sorry boss i can't make it in today yeah, there's a couple there's a couple um, hooky days that that happen at the quarry. Where, well, uh, well, actually, uh, do you f- if you follow another group in Michigan, the Great Lakes Wrecking Crew. Yeah. Uh, on their Facebook page, they've had a thread going that there's a, a skip work and dive day coming up. So maybe wow. if I can stall quick enough to go and type that, we can find out what that day is. Maybe we can get it uh, put as a national holiday. Of course, I guess then you're That'd not be... skipping, you're not skipping work if they make it approved. But Great Lakes Wrecking Crew, who and Mike, uh, Rich, you might want to go and look in here. They have somebody who's asking for uh, anyone heading to White Star Portage or Gilboa yeah. this weekend. Oh, yeah, you I did. Post, you already did commented. Yeah. While I was sitting here talking to you, if I spaced out, that's why I spaced out. <laughs> but somewhere in there, they were trying. They were talking about uh, there was skip work, and now I can't find it. Yeah, look under. Let's look good. Do they have events listing? I don't like the new Facebook pages as much as I like the old ones because once you figured it all out, it was easy. You just bounced around. Now it's a learning curve. Oh, it is every time. Yeah, but I mean, we can search for that later. Later, you know what? Tomorrow should be a skip work and dive day. <laughs> it, just well, should be. it should be, but I I certainly couldn't. <laughs> yeah, I'd be in. That'd be a. I could dive with what's left of my tank because I wouldn't be able to afford to have them refilled. <laughs> wow. I'll tell you what, somebody went crazy on that Great Lakes Wrecking Crew page. There's like 60 or 70 pictures that they just posted. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that down there. I can't, I can't scroll beyond it. Yeah. That's like they unloaded their whole digital camera. Yeah. I don't really enjoy that too much because – I I've, I've, I learned something real simple early in the day when I'm talking to some of these professional photographers. And if you, if you want to learn one thing about professional photographers, this is the thing you need to learn. It's not that they take bad, they don't take bad pictures because sometimes the pictures that they take really just do suck. The thing about professional photographers is that they don't post any of the pictures that suck. Yes. So they go down and we might take 500 pictures and we'll get two out. They're professional because they take 500 pictures and get four that they can show us. Yeah, exactly. And I agree. Uh, that's one thing I've been getting is uh, I'm selective on my photos. And I like the photo to be more than just a photo. It just can't be a collection of objects that's in front of the camera. It has to tell a story. I love those still photos that impart movement or emotion. That, that to yeah, me is I'll- a great photo. I'll throw out a plug for one of my buddies, um, Andy Morrison at andymorrisonphotography.com. Andy is, his job is he is a uh, um, photojournalist and his hobby is taking pictures underwater. But the photojournalist in him, the stories that his pictures tell when he posts one from underwater, it's just, some of them are just amazing. And uh, another plug out there, if you look at, if you want to check out his photos, um, he has an article in Lert Diver this month, which is all about the quarries of Mich- of Ohio, um, Gilboa, Portage, and White Star. Excellent. So the alert diver from Divers Alert Network, you should be getting it in your mailbox soon. I got mine yesterday. Nice. So 
Yeah. If you catch me at a show, I'll be happy to sign it. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you wouldn't sign it? Oh, I would sign it. Yeah. <laughs> I see. I don't so, so, so take it, take but, take it along with you next time you yeah, see this, Rich. This, yeah, the last time we went to uh, one of the shows where where I had started out when I started out Facebook and I started out Divers Sync, I went to one of the shows and and uh, I had some staff working the booth for me and uh, somebody walked up and said, "Is Rich Rich here?" And they, no, he's he's doing a presentation. And uh, there's something I can help you with. No, I want to talk to Rich. Well, why do you want to talk to Rich? Well, he's famous. Oh, <laughs> yeah, great. Just great. Yeah. World famous Rich. Yeah, that's no. It's world famous, Darren. <laughs> no, yeah. not not quite. Yeah, we 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 are we are the benevolent dictators of our little four walls. Yeah, exactly. I I can control when I hit the off and on button, and how it's yep. edited. I can edit out all my mistakes, which as anybody's listening to the show can tell, doesn't happen. <laughs> no, mine uh mine gets a good edit. I do it. Well, I so. edit more than you realize. That's that's the secret. I I leave enough in there like decoys. <laughs> yeah, is that what it's all about? <laughs> yeah, you can raise the quality. Like you say, same thing with photographers, and they only show four good ones. Well, I'll show I'll, I'll show four good ones and three bad ones because uh, that that that's my philosophy. <laughs> yeah. So you go, man, you got lucky on that one, Darren. <laughs> yeah, just dodged it. So if I go an article without mispronouncing somebody's name, that was fake. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's time to do it for night. Appreciate you you coming on tonight, Rich. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> There's a surprise. I finally get one that I, I finally get one where I can just sit back and listen. And it's like, hey, can you do me a favor? <laughs> yeah. Sure, I'll be there. I'll be Come your on. Guy. Come on. So yeah. The cross promotion is just great. So Oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah. And 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 you know, if somebody's scuba obsessed and they're gonna listen to all the all the scuba podcasts. Yeah, I, I haven't I really I've been I haven't had any long trips lately, so I'm I'm headed down south in uh in a little bit over a week and a half. And uh that's when I'm gonna I'm gonna try some of those other ones out. Especially the guy that was hammering on us <laughs> saying that he was better and he was on podcast number two. I'm hoping it's Well, I, I did stuff. look uh recently and i think he's up to like four but they're like three or four weeks apart so yeah well i mean his 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 production has got to be killing him because yeah, yeah. It, i mean it's it's lots of stuff but again i think he needs to take the uh the only show your good photography <laughs> that that rule so yeah uh, i remember i remember the days of underwater videographer where you turned on the camera and you went and swam the whole dive and then you tried to convince a buddy to sit and watch it <laughs> Oh wow! Yeah, because if you if it was cool to you, but man, if you have to look at all the mud in between all the cool stuff, it's not that much fun. Well, and that's kind of been my philosophy on the video podcasts in general. I mean, I think Talking Scuba does a, a pretty decent job because they don't make it too long. It's it's pretty much right to the meat. But I I just don't want to show tons and tons of stuff, and it becomes like watching somebody's home videos. There has to be something more to it. So got some yeah having the Having the podcast makes me want to voice over a lot of my old stuff now. Yeah, well, certainly. Well, and I think that's that's the way to do it. I see some, like YouTube, just go out there, search scuba, and there's tons of videos out there. But it's like the beginning of the dive to the end of the dive. People are afraid to edit. You, know, you don't need to show nine minutes of somebody going down from the surface then back up. I mean, there's show, you know, make some interesting cuts and maybe take four dives and weave them in the one. That's much more interesting. Yeah, maybe uh, 
maybe a tutorial on how to do that would be something someone could put together because it really isn't that hard once you get the hang of it. And I'll tell you the 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 Microsoft movie or Windows Movie Maker that comes with all like micro with with XP and I think it mm-hmm. comes with Windows Seven, but um, the Windows Movie Maker is a really powerful program for what it is, and it's free. You can download it free. Yeah. That's so what uh, can... that's what Jim has used for some of the uh, videos we posted on Scoob Obsessed. Uh, he used the the Video Maker to edit. Uh, yeah. I've used uh, Adobe Premiere, which is like an 800 pound gorilla dealing with. So you can do a lot of amazing things if you're good at it, but you know there's there's no shame in using the the that Microsoft video. It 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 does a great job. Wow. Well, hopefully we live. Isn't this isn't tomorrow Rapture Day? Is that it? I, I heard somebody earlier in the week talking about it, so it is. But yeah, it, I what, just the only reason I mean, there's there's I, I mean it's the, the only reason that I know about it is one of my friend, friends put up a uh, thing that said since I'm not going to be. Um, I'm not going to participate in the rapture. We're going to have a post-rapture looting party on Friday <laughs> or on Saturday. <laughs> that is so good at so many different levels. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure the people who are counting on the rapture are really going to be upset to watch their stuff being stolen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, completely off subject, and you can edit this out if you want, but a little bit completely off subject. Did you see that the Surgeon General... Um, has jumped on board with the the Center for Disease Control about the um, zombie uh, apocalypse that's coming. No. Yeah, somebody piped up. It's been on all these things where somebody piped up, and I guess they've made this huge thing as far as a fictional thing for the zombie apocalypse that's coming. And I'm thinking it's right around, it has something to do with this whole rapture thing. But but the zombie apocalypse is coming. And while well, the, the Surgeon General came up and said, these are the things that you can prepare for the zombie apocalypse. And he was being facetious about it and, be, and making it a joke. But what he came up with was he said, if you really prepare for this zombie apocalypse like you should, that when a real disaster happens, you're going to be that much better. Oh. And the only thing that was different, I mean, it was just great because he says you got to have this and you got to have water and you've got to have a place that your family can meet and you got to have a first aid kit. And the, the part that I thought was just hilarious and I almost spit my, my cocoa over, all over the keyboard was that when you're reading this, it says the – you need a first aid kit. And while if a zombie attacks you and eats your brains, this won't happen very much. You might trip and fall while running. <laughs> and then you'll need it. <laughs> oh, but it was great. it was true. I mean, everything, every step that he had was something that you can do in the case of a natural disaster, like an earthquake or a hurricane or a tornado. You know, I, I think and it's just go ahead. He just took it from that. He said, I'm going to promote this zombie apocalypse and maybe people will be more prepared for a real emergency. Well, I, think, beer too. I think we've come up with the name of the show. Scuba diving right. in the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that we should do that. We should all dress up like zombies and go diving. Oh, we that we gotta do that too. Jim and I were yeah. just this last weekend talking about all the different videos that we that we wanna that we wanna shoot. Because we got so many. It's a, the satire that that we'd love to do all diving related so if we ever get i got to get all the gear together and video equipment and stuff and gosh if we can get some time strung the problem is and that's the that's the only downside i'd say with scuba diving the good weather to do stuff like that it's too good to waste not diving (laughs) yeah always somebody uh, one of my facebook friends is going to do uh they do james bond underwater so they go dress up in regular clothes and go underwater diving 
take pictures. And summer's coming. Let's get in the water. That, so we got we got one day down, three days left. Yep. Better pick it. <laughs> so uh, until next time, go out there and get wet. Yep, and dive safe, and we'll see you next time. 